to the Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left, press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, yo, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And as always, you can find our podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Trilogy underscore pod. We are back. We are recapping a Packers win against the Chargers. And this was, uh, it was an interesting game. You know, I think the scoreboard will tell you the defense played pretty well. Um, now I know Jair's out. You know, we don't have Eric Stokes back. You know, we just traded Rasul. The secondary is pretty banged up. Uh, Rudy Ford's out. So you're starting uh, Anthony Johnson Jr. And... Jonathan Owens in the back end at safety. You know, you got and Anthony Johnson Jr. is a seventh-round pick. You got seventh-round pick Carrington Valentine, who looks to be a legit player. Um, and I think I'm pretty excited to see what he can do in this defense as he continues to grow. But he looks like a legit player. Um, I thought he had a really good game outside of that final uh, throw to Quentin Johnson, who luckily he dropped that ball. Uh, but... You know, if you just watch the play, it it just looked like Carrington Valentine thought the play was over and he just stopped playing. And then all of a sudden, Quinton Johnston keeps running and, and gets the ball thrown to him. And like I said, luckily he dropped it. But outside of that, where it looked like he just thought the play was done, um, and that's a knock on him, I think. Like, you got to keep playing. You got to play through the whistle. The whistle hasn't blown, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I do think, for the most part, he played really well in this game. But like I said, I think this defense did not play as good as I thought they should have, um, even though it's kind of what we come to expect with this Joe Barry defense. But you look at the scoreboard, it's 20 points. But then you remember, you know, Keenan Allen drops two key plays, one of them for sure touchdown. I think the other one, if he catches it cleanly, he turns and he could score that one too. Um, he for sure had the first down where – you know, it's third down and they had to settle for, for the field goal with the drop. Um, but I think, like I said, I think he might have scored on that one too. And then obviously the one that he dropped um, in the sun there where, you know, he hits him in the chest and he drops it. Um, I saw a few jokes on Twitter. The the Packers' best defender was the sun, especially early in this game. That might be true. Donald Parham dropped one in the sun. Uh, Keenan Allen dropped two in the sun. And, yeah, just got bailed out a few times by that. And then um, Austin Eckler, you know, fumbling the ball as well in in the red zone. You know, that just makes it that much easier when, you know, you get gifted. Essentially, you get gifted eight points 
by the field goals because they should have scored touchdowns in those situations. And then another seven for Austin Eckler fumbling. And all of a sudden, you know, if they score in those situations, the Packers are absolutely blown out of this game. But they don't. They drop the ball those three times, very importantly. Uh, a fourth time, if you throw in that Donald Parham fourth down, you know, they might have, they would have been in field goal range there. There's another three points. All of a sudden, it's 18 points, and the and the Chargers have 38, and the Packers have 23. So it's not close, right? Um, so I do think the defense needs to play better. They got stops when they needed them, um, and did enough to win the game. Even though I think part of it was the um, some of the situations on the Chargers offensively where they just didn't make the plays when they were there to be made. All right, let's talk about the offense, though, because I think this was, even though this isn't a great defense, I thought this was a good offensive performance for the Packers. So first and foremost, Jordan Love, I thought, had a really good game, probably his best game of the year, um, and he still missed some throws that you know very well could have gotten them more points and more touchdowns and all that type of stuff. Um, but I thought he had a really solid game in this one. He went uh, 27 of 40 for 322 yards, um, which is an 8.1 yard per attempt average, which is pretty good. Um, Definitely nothing to scoff at there. Two touchdowns. He did uh, get sacked three times. Um, He had a passer rating of 108.5, which that 27 for 40 if you round up, is a 68% completion, 67.5% completion percentage there. So one of his better days in that regard. And then obviously the yards per attempt and the overall yards was his best day as well. Um, and then interestingly, obviously with the injuries to Aaron Jones and Emmanuel Wilson, you know, A.J. Dillon gets the bulk of the carries with 14 touches on the ground. He kind of did nothing with them overall. He did get a couple third down um conversions and things like that but overall 14 of for 29 yards a 2.1 yard average just not good on the ground for AJ Dillon I thought he was more of a factor through the air which is kind of interesting but um on the ground he did not do much your leading rusher was Jaden Reed with three carries for 46 yards obviously the long 32 yard touchdown run um, really bringing up those numbers. And then receiving-wise, Dontavian Wicks leads the team in receiving yards, three receptions for 91 yards um, on five targets. Romeo Dobbs, five tar- or five receptions on six targets for 53 yards. Jaden Reed um, had as many rushing yards as he had receiving yards. He had four catches for 46 yards um, on six targets. Tucker Craft, two for 32, and he was... Um, very, very close to having more yards and a touchdown. Obviously, if you watched the game, you know what I'm talking about. Um, just stepped out of bounds, um, on that play to him along the sidelines there. AJ Dillon, four receptions for 32 yards on four targets. Luke Musgrave, four receptions for 28 yards on six targets. Um, Christian Watson, two receptions for 21 yards and a touchdown. And then kind of nondescript, one reception for Emmanuel Wilson, Malik Heath, and Aaron Jones from there. Um, did have a few fumbles in this one. Keyshawn Nixon dropped one. Um, I believe it was on a punt. Jordan Love had a couple fumbles. He recovered one of them right away um, on that botched shotgun snap. And then Zach Tom 
recovered the other one. Um, so that's where we're at there. Um, so offensively, just going through the stats, I just went through all of those. There are a few key takeaways. So Jordan Love, like I said, I thought this was his best game. He looked in complete control. Obviously, like I said, he missed some throws. He missed the um, – I don't know if it was a wheel route or what exactly the route was, but it was um, Luke Musgrave on the outside on a goal of some kind. Like I said, I'm not ex- – I can't remember exactly how they got there, like if it was a wheel or if he was already on the outside and it was just a go ball or what it was. Um, but he just missed Luke Musgrave. If he throws it, you know, a yard – closer to Luke Musgrave's chest because it's, you know, it's one of those over the shoulder or if he lofts it just ever so slightly more. Um, Luke Musgrave, maybe? I, I don't know because sometimes he can't keep his feet, but maybe that's a touchdown and I can't remember exactly where the safety was on the play either, but um, maybe that's a touchdown. So that was a, a little bit of a miss for Jordan. Um, but other than that, like there was times where, you know, he just missed his spot a little bit, but he still got the completion type of thing. Um, there was, there was still misses, but I felt like this was his best game, um, that he's played. And, uh, JT O'Sullivan hasn't put out this one yet. Obviously I'm recording this Monday, um, afternoon, but something interesting, uh, from watching the Steelers recap of Jordan Love every time it felt like every time JT O'Sullivan was looking at some of the throws and and talking about them every time Jordan Love had his feet set and he was kind of in rhythm on time all that kind of stuff perfect balls it was when he was out of structure or didn't have the base beneath them um, or took you know lazy dropbacks or whatever it was where he didn't have his lower body fundamentals, his feet fundamentals, right? That was when he was missing his target. Whether it was completed or not, um, it just seemed like every time his feet weren't completely in line or, um, you know, in time, you know, or maybe he's taking an extra hitch in his drop or whatever it is, when they weren't timed up right or in the right spots or whatever it is mechanically, fundamentally, he would miss his spots. Like I said, some of them were still completed, but you know, maybe it's you got to go to the ground for the ball rather than being able to catch it and make a play and turn up field. Um, so I do think that there are some things with his footwork that if he cleans that up, he's look really good when his feet are on time and where they need to be and all that kind of stuff. And he's good in his drops and things like that. If he's throwing on time and he's got his feet set properly, he, I mean, he looks really good. He made some really good throws against Pittsburgh. He made some really good throws in this one. Um, and I'm excited to see, and it's just one of those things that, like, he just needs to continue to that be the focus and practice of, like, getting to your spot, playing on time, in rhythm, all that kind of stuff. We know that uh, played at Dontavian Wicks where he's, you know, scrambling outside the pocket, rolling to his left, stopping, throwing across his body. Obviously, most of the time they say don't make that throw, right? Throwing across your body. But in that situation, he was scrambling to throw. He wasn't running just to run. He was running to throw the football. He was keeping his eyes downfield, and Dontavian Wicks was just too wide open. He And he made a great ball, you know, flips his hips, throws the ball to him, 
does a great job. It's a big chunk. Um, he can still do those things, and I want him to do those in games. But for the most part, when he's in the pocket, if he's on time and his feet are good, he makes good throws. So that needs to be what he's drilling in practice, in my opinion, of just like just nail the fundamentals and the rest will come because he looks like a legit quarterback right now. The last few weeks he has looked very, very good. Obviously he had the two interceptions last week. The the Patrick Peterson one, yeah, you want that up a little bit more, give Christian Watson the chance, um, maybe slightly underthrown, but Christian Watson should still have an opportunity at that ball, and Patrick Peterson just made a really good play. And then the last play of the game against the Steelers, that interception, uh, JTO Sullivan did a really good job. I thought he just felt like he needed to force something when really the route was open. If he would have just thrown it on time, he had a chance to score that. Um, if he would have thrown it like, you know, a step before Christian Watson does his break, like just anticipating because you know what he's doing, um, and anticipating that throw and throwing it before the receiver's out of his break, he was open in that moment, but you you wait that extra step where Christian Watson now is a step out of his break or just coming out of his break when he's starting to throw it. And now he just, because he's running that route, he kind of runs right into that defender and then they make an interception. Um, I initially thought that was just like, you just got to try to make a play. Like you can't blame that on the quarterback. There's three seconds left. You got to, you have to score uh, a touchdown here. So you got to throw something to the end zone. Right. But I think the, the thing was, is he just was a touch late where if he was in time or in rhythm there where he has made those anticipation throws, like he's throwing the ball on plenty of out routes where the receiver hasn't even looked like they started their break and he's throwing the ball. So he has that anticipation. He just missed it. He was a tick late on that one. And that's what led to that interception. I thought JT O'Sullivan did a great job. The quarterback school, if you love watching the Packers and want to get to know the the X's and O's a little bit better, watch those Jordan Love film reviews from JT O'Sullivan. They are phenomenal. They're really, really a great watch, and, and it you really learn a lot um, coming from a guy who used to play in the league. Next, Jaden Reed kind of looks like the guy, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, he just – I, I didn't expect – when they drafted him, I wasn't very thrilled. I, I did not think it was – I thought there was better players on the board. I was more excited about some other players, but he looks legit. He looks like he can be a legit slot weapon in this league. And I don't know – you know, obviously there are guys that have been slot type of weapons that are number ones on offense. I don't know if he can be a true, true number one, but he is a – phenomenal second option um and he has been really really good this year and i'm excited to see him continue to grow and i thought another point on this Jaden reed because he looks so good matt lafleur has started to get him the ball on those end of rounds and getting just getting him in space and all that kind of stuff um i just i really like what we're seeing from Jaden reed i think he's going to be a legit player in this league um and the you know, we saw it in the Pittsburgh game in that last drive to start the drive. Um, he throws it, Jordan throws it to empty space, and Jaden Reed just breaks off his route because they both saw the empty space. They're starting to click. They're starting to get that chemistry. We're starting to see this offense move the ball quite a bit. Two games of basically 400 yards of offense, and in this one, they had no run game to speak of, right? Outside of the Jaden Reed 32-yarder, 
you take that away, the Packers had a total of 102 yards on the ground. You take those 32 yards away, all of a sudden you're at 70 yards, and 30 of them came from A.J. Dillon, who is averaging two yards a carry. You were getting nothing on the ground in this game. But the the thing was is you get those explosive plays, and it's nice to see Matt LaFleur kind of in his bag a little bit these past few weeks. We're starting to see that Matt LaFleur offense, and I think it's no coincidence that it's coming mid to late in the year now where – these guys are starting to understand their roles better. They're not making mistakes um, of running the wrong routes and things like that. And all of a sudden, Jordan Love is starting to look better too, right? It's all working together because all these young wide receivers are starting to learn their roles and they know where to be. They know the offense now. They can adjust these routes. They can do all those things. And Jaden Reed is a prime example of this. Um and then, like I said, we're starting to see Matt LaFleur get in his bag a little bit. We're starting to see him use Jaden Reed in different ways just to get the ball in space because he is a playmaker. So it's just really, really exciting to see uh, the progress that Jaden Reed and all these young receivers, Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, I thought they had great games this week too. Dontavian Wicks, 91 yards in this one. And, you know, he made that play where on that, I think it was not the last drive in the fourth quarter um, that they scored the touchdown, I guess not the last drive, but the one that they scored the touchdown on to take the lead where he catches the ball short of the sticks, he gets hit and bounces off that guy and just runs up field and gets an extra, I don't know, 30 yards. I don't really know exactly what it was. Maybe it's 25, but it's just a great play. Three receptions for 91 yards. That's a 30-yard average. He looks like a fun guy, and he's like finding the soft spots in the zone. He's making himself available on those scrambles. Like I said earlier, the one where Jordan Love's rolling out left and finds Dontavian Wicks. He just kind of sits in the zone and, and lets Jordan see him, waits for the ball, catches it, turns up field, and, and gets some extra yards on it. I just He looks like a legit player, too. And right now, to me, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, Dontavian Wicks and, and Jaden Reed, at least in terms of production, those are the top two wide receivers on this team. Now, Romeo Dobbs is kind of the, the safety net, right? <laughs> um, and, and that's a valuable role, and I think he's been very good as well. But he just, like, he'll make a big play on third down, and then he'll disappear for for two quarters or whatever. Like you don't see him, you know, getting open or getting the ball or getting targets even. Um, but then all of a sudden on a key third down, there's Romeo Dobbs, right? It's like the Alan Lazard thing. Cause I think that was pretty similar, right? Where Alan Lazard would make some big plays on third down. You know, they could be back-to-back third downs, big third downs in the game. You need to get them. Boom. Alan Lazard. And this year it's been boom. Romeo Dobbs, right? But then all of a sudden, like I said, two quarters go by and he just hasn't gotten a target or anything. And you'd think on this offense that he'd be able to command some more with the the trust and chemistry he has with Jordan Love, but it just seems like it's when I need absolutely need something and, and nothing else is working, I'll just throw it to Romeo on third. Um, but I'd like to see him take a little bit more from this offense if he doesn't, I still think he's he's been a very good player, and and if that's the case where Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed are going to be kind of your guys early in downs, and and Romeo Dobbs your third down guy, I mean that's a great one two three punch. And then if you get something, start to get something from Christian Watson, getting that touchdown I think is very very nice. And it was a 
you know, it was just a good play overall. I think the design of the play was good. And then just having Christian Watson run crossers, have him run crossers all game. Because if they're in man-to-man coverage, there's not many corners that can run with him. Especially if you put him in the slot where he's got this two-way go, like they did on that play, where he can just run run upfield, make his cut, and then just sprint to the pylon in the corner of the end zone. Who Who is keeping up with that? There's not many cornerbacks that can. And then the fact that you have the size and you can just loft it to the corner. Um, and because of the size, you know, corners aren't getting to that ball, all that sorts of stuff. Now Jordan still has to make good throws, which he did on that touchdown route, right? That was a good ball. Just like the, the Romeo Dobbs touchdown in this one. It's a good ball, all those types of things. Granted, the Romeo Dobbs I thought was a little underthrown. I thought Romeo kind of <laughs> overdramatized the pulling the ball away, but you know, he goes and he goes up and makes a good play. It was a good ball, not a great one. And I thought the the ball to Christian in this one was a great ball. You know, Christian didn't have to break stride. It wasn't like on the edge where he has to toe tap, all that type of stuff. The the coverage never could have gotten to that ball. It was it was a good throw for a touchdown to Christian Watson. Um, so if Christian Watson starts to cook here a little bit, and this is about the time last year, and I'll go through it here in just a second. This is about the time when we started to see Christian Watson come on and, and hopefully he can figure it out with, with Jordan Love and they can start connecting in some of these deep balls because Christian Watson, although I feel like he needs to, to have just a touch more of that alpha, like go get it type of attitude. Cause sometimes in contested situations, he doesn't do that. He has done it before against the Titans, um, on that Thursday night game after the Cowboys last year, he went up and went up for it in the end zone and a contested catch situation came down with it. Um, now I can't remember what game it was from this year. If it was the Steelers or if it was the game before that, um, maybe the Rams, I can't even remember. But Christian Watson goes up and just has a great play and, and goes up and just beats the safety to the ball and and goes up and is like, this is my ball. I just want to see that mentality just a touch more for him on contested situations. I think if we saw that in the Pittsburgh game, you know, we it might have been a different story. We might not have had that interception um, in that situation there on that uh, – on that play that Patrick Peterson made. So I think Christian is still fine. And and we saw it just connect there on the touchdown in this one. I think if they start to use him in that way and teams are having to start to respect guys like Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, um, Jaden Reed, you got to respect all the motion that they're doing with all those guys and like follow those guys around. And then all of a sudden – Christian Watson on a crosser, you're just not going to, you're not going to run with him. So it's just something I'd like to see a little bit more of. And like I said, I think they're going to start connecting here. If they start connecting on the deep balls, if they've connected on the deep balls, Christian Watson's having a great year. It's just Jordan Love has missed him deep on plenty of occasions. And Jordan Love needs to be better with that. But I think Christian Watson can go help him a little bit here. And then if they start connecting on these deep balls, this offense is going to be really, really fun because, you know, they they have the seam guy in Luke Musgrave. We saw between the Steelers game and the Chargers game, you know, I haven't podcasted in the last couple of weeks, so kind of lumping these two together. But we saw seam shots in to Luke Musgrave in all these games, right? The, the crazy 
um, in the Rams game, that that crazy double screen to Luke Musgrave on the delay. You know, I I just he's starting to become a weapon in the middle of the field, and as a checkdown, you know, on Y leaks and all that kind of stuff. I think he's he's becoming a player in himself in in the middle of the field. And then you got Jaden Reed who can stretch you horizontally. You got Christian Watson that can stretch you vertically, and then you have Dontavian Wicks, you know, coming on an in route twenty yards down the field. And just sitting down, finding the zone, waiting for the ball to get to him, and, and making a good play here and there. So, I just am really, really excited about this defense or this offense, excuse me, um, because of guys like Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, and then Jordan Love starting to show the talent that he has, and and just playing a little bit more consistently these last few weeks. I think he's looked really good these last two weeks, and he's starting to show why the Packers took him. And I think we're starting to see these young receivers and tight ends starting to be in the right spots at the right times and running the right routes and running the right adjustments, all that kind of stuff. And it's made Jordan Love look better. And and I think they're growing together and it's starting to look really good offensively. I'd like to see a few more points, you know, getting 400 yards of total offense and 23 points. Let's try to get up to 30 a few times here in the coming weeks. But I think overall they're doing pretty well. This defense... You know it is what it is. It, there was a lot of injuries. You don't have a lot of your starting guys. Your starting secondary, you potentially have none of your preferred starters out there um, with Darnell Savage out and Rudy Ford out at the safety position. Then you have, you know, you trade Rasul Douglas, Jair's out, Eric Stokes is out. So you're starting with guys that, you know, are your second or third options at those positions. And it makes it really, really tough. But I don't think the coverage was a huge, huge issue in this game. It's the not being sound in your rush lanes. It's the missed tackles. It's, you know, not getting outside contain on certain runs. Or when you do have outside contain and trying to make a play, Austin Eckler is bouncing out and, and making a 35-yard run. You know, all those types of things. So it could be better. I think I'm just to the point where I think this is the last year for Joe Barry in this defense. Um, and we'll continue to see. I think they've played relatively well and kept them in games at times when the offense has been sputtering. Um, but I, I do think they just just need to be better. And this was a good offense. It really is a good offense. And to hold them to 20 points is great. But like I said at the beginning of the show, they very easily could have given up 38 points just by like three drops, right? <laughs> um, or four if you include the Donald Parham. But like Austin Eckler's fumble – Keenan Allen's two drops inside the five-yard line, one of them at the goal line for a wide-open touchdown, you know, all those types of things. I think this defense got relatively lucky to hold this team to 20 points. Um, it And like I said, it really felt like it should have been 35-plus. Um, so it ended up being okay in this game. It just it shouldn't have been is what I'm trying to say. The, the Chargers kind of let the Packers win this game, in my opinion. So I wanted to quick go back and because it just, I heard this a couple times from a few different people of this just feels like last year. And <laughs> if you go back and look, it really does. So 22, the 2022 Green Bay Packers through 10 games. Now this was actually week 10 because they had their buy in like week 14. Obviously we had an early buy this year. So our 10 games is through 11 weeks. So a little different there, but through 10 games, both 2022 and 2023, four and six records at this point in the season. 
Offensively, through 10 games in 2022, the Packers scored 185 points. In 2023, the offense has scored 202 points, so they scored more points offensively. Um, defensively, in 2022, they gave up 243 points. And in 2023, the defense has been better at uh, allowing points. They've only allowed 202, so that exactly the same amount of points as they scored. They have a zero-point differential with a 4-6 and six record. Um, and then last year, like I said, defensively early in the year through 10 games, they didn't look very good. And then in this last stretch of games, that's when the defense started playing better um, and got this Packers team to compete for the playoffs going into the last week of the season. So defensively, they were worse last year in terms of points allowed. Um, But you can see just through points scored, the Packers are better this year and they've allowed or had so many points left on the board. They're moving the ball up and down the field and then just can't get points in the red zone or are relying on kicks and then you know from time to time Anders misses you know extra points or or field goals and and they're just losing out on points that number in my opinion should be a lot higher than that with how they've moved the ball because I don't think their offense has been bad and it's been better than last year without a doubt this offense has been better than it was last season as a whole and like I said I I just you you look at the narratives of the season and where they line up, it's just kind of crazy. So they're both at the same record, four and six, both this year and last year at this point in the season. Both this year and last year, they beat a team that everyone thought they would lose to to get to four and six. Because I think the vast majority of people thought the Chargers were going to come in and win this game. They were the favorites. I think they were two and a half point favorites uh, coming into this game at Lambeau Field, which it's a Packers home game. You get two and a half, three points. So they're really five point favorites um, coming into this game. The Chargers are. And then um, the 2022 team beat that Cowboys game in that overtime thriller. I was actually at that game. It was incredible. Um, Christian Watson's breakout game last year. It was an incredible game. It was so fun. Um, But they, like I said, they beat a team that everyone thought they would lose to, to get to four and six. And then they have a tough Thursday night game the following week. So just four or five days later, right? They have a tough game that they got to follow with. Last year, it was the Titans. They lost 27 to 17, I believe. And then uh, this year, we have Thanksgiving Day in Detroit against a very good Detroit Lions team. Um, now, I think this year is a little tougher than last year, but they lost that game last year. And then even to compound this, um, the week after that Thursday night game, last year it was the Eagles who had one loss at that point. And that, if you remember, that was the game Jordan Love came in and, and performed pretty well late in the third and into the fourth quarter. Um, and like I said, he performed pretty well in that game and, and kind of kept it a little close. But um, And then this year it's after Thanksgiving against the Lions – it's the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So it's <laughs> it's lining up where it's they beat a team that everyone thought they were going to lose to. Then they have a Thursday night game that's difficult. They lost it last year. This year they have the Lions. And then next week, the week after Thanksgiving, excuse me, they have the Kansas City Chiefs 
if you line it up, last year they had the Philadelphia Eagles, who they lost to, was a one-loss team at the time. Um, just <laughs> It's just lining up very similar, and then you continue to look at the schedules, right? And going into December now for both of these, both last year and this year, the, the schedule lightens up. There's some winnable games on the schedule, right? Last year, it was, you know, looking into December, they had the Bears, then they had their bye week, and then it was Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. So Bears, Rams, winnable games for them, right? They should we, they should win those games, and if you remember, that was the Baker Mayfield-led Rams. And then Miami on Christmas, that was a little bit of a difficult test. They go out, they win that game 26-20. to Then they have the Vikings at home, which we thought was going to be a tough battle. You know, the Vikings, what, had two losses at that point, three losses maybe, and the Packers go out and demolish them in that game, um, 41-17. to And then the last game of the season against the Detroit Lions, they lose and can't get into the playoffs. This year, pretty similar getting into December. So they have um, the Giants. After the Chiefs, they have the Giants. Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. So in my opinion, now they have one extra game because they don't have the bye week um, in December. So they have one extra game in December and January. But the Giants, the Panthers, the Bears, those should be ones that they win. And I think the Buccaneers and the Vikings could present a little bit of a challenge to them. But they beat the teams that presented a challenge to them last year in the Dolphins and the Vikings, right? So if they go out and they win the games they should, the Giants, Panthers, Bears, they win those games. That gets them to seven wins. And then if they beat the teams that are going to present them a challenge after the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, and the Vikings, all of a sudden it's a 9-8 team. If they lose one of those, it's an 8-9 team like they were last year. So I just think that even though... It's not been pretty at times, and it hasn't been. It, Like I said, I think it's starting to look up. But this team is very similar to the team we had last year. Last year we had Aaron Rodgers. And this team is performing better through 10 weeks offensively. Offensively. Last year's defense was worse, but offensively, we are playing better. right? Even though if you look at Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, Directly, Aaron Rodgers was having a little bit better of a year up until this point. He was 219 for th- 219 completions on 337 attempts. That's a 65% completion percentage. Jordan Love, 203 completions on 340. That's 60% completion percentage. So Aaron, 5% completion percent difference there, 65 uh, for Aaron. And then Jordan has 60%. Again, this is just through the 10 games, right? Um, and then if you look at yards, it's 200 or 2,415 for Aaron last season, 2,331 for Jordan this season. So 100-yard difference, you know, Jordan goes out and balls out in the next game. You know, it could be mute by the, you know, by the end of this next game, the difference in the yards. It's not a big difference. Um Last year, Aaron Rodgers had 17 touchdowns to this point in the season. Jordan has 16. Again, not a big difference there. Pretty similar um, if you're looking at that. And then 
Aaron had seven interceptions last year up until this point. He ended with 12 on the year last year. Um, Jordan has 10, which I think every Packer fan going into this season assumed we were going to have more turnovers with Jordan Love than we would have had with Aaron Rodgers, right? The Aaron Rodgers, the all-time best touchdown-to-interception ratio. We expected the interceptions to be a little bit worse here with Jordan Love, but it's not like a significant drop from last year. And then just because they had it on the broadcast, um, Aaron Rodgers had zero 300-yard games all of last season, and that includes the first 10 games. And then Jordan Love has won so far through the first 10 games of the 2023 season. So I do want to kind of compare um, by the end of the season how it changes because I personally think the Jordan Love we've seen the last two weeks is different than the Jordan Love we saw, you know, weeks one through eight. Even when he was playing pretty good in, you know, weeks one through three, he was playing relatively well. And then he had that kind of downward um, spike for a month, month and a half. I think all of a sudden, even like I said, even when he was playing well to begin the year, I think it, he looks significantly better from then. So I want to continue to track this and see how it changes by the time we get to the end of the year. It's not something I'm going to do every week, but we're 10 weeks into the year. Um, I missed the last couple games, so I didn't have an opportunity to do this, but I wanted to go back and, and look at this and really the stats aren't that different. The offense is performing better as a whole this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers' stats are a little better than Jordan Love's this year. But like I said, we're starting to see a different player, in my opinion, um, at the quarterback position this year in the last two weeks than we saw the first eight weeks. So something I want to continue to track, and I'd, I'd like to see how these numbers end at the end of the season, how close they are to pretty similar. Um, last year, Aaron Rodgers ended with 3,695 passing yards, 26 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. I'd like to see where Jordan Love compares to that by the end of this season. I think it's going to be a little better. Um, I'd like to see Jordan tick up his completion percentage. Um, you know, he's 60% now. It's going to be hard to get it probably to 65% by the end of the year with, you know, only seven games remaining. Um, to, to completely jump that up. But if we could get that to, you know, 63%, 62, 63% by the end of the year, um, that means, you know, in the last seven games, he had something more like a 66 or 67% completion percentage. Um, and he's starting to look a little bit more comfortable and all those types of things. Um, I just, I wanted to go through this to tell you that even though they have a tough, a few tough games coming up, this team has a chance somehow. I know it was tough to think about two weeks ago, but somehow this team is on a similar trajectory that it was last year, and they had a chance. They didn't get in, but they had the chance to win and get into the playoffs in the last week of the season, and they have that opportunity again this year. Now, if that happens, I think they have a little easier of a game because the Detroit Lions were on a heater at the end of last year. Now, maybe the Bears get on a heat or two, but I don't expect that. Um, it's just one of those things that if they do their job, I said a few weeks ago, I said, you need to steal one of these three games. If the Packers have a chance, now, I thought they should have beat the Steelers, and if they are to beat the Steelers, 
you know, we're thinking about this a little different. If they were to beat the Steelers and then all of a sudden beat the Chargers, then you're like, okay, three-game win streak. They got two tough games coming up, but they can they can figure this out, right? Um, and they got these two tough games. If they steal one, like Thanksgiving, all that type of stuff, the, the Lions coming off a, a game where they did not play well, they ended up beating the Bears, but it was not pretty for the Lions. Jared Goff, three interceptions, and it just was not pretty for the Lions, and they come out and they don't start well, and the Packers do. You know, that could be something that makes it very, very interesting and and something you want to watch. If they steal the Lions game, all of a sudden, you kind of got the – you're not going to win the division still, but, like, you got kind of got the the whole road in front of you to get to the playoffs. It's you beat the Lions, and all of a sudden – you, you, let's say you lose to the Chiefs because I kind of expect that. Then you have the Giants. You should beat the Giants. Then you have the Buccaneers. You can beat the Buccaneers. Then you have the Panthers. You should beat the Panthers. You have the Vikings. You should, eh, maybe not should beat, but you can beat the Vikings. And then you have the Bears at home on January 7th, the end of the year. You can and should beat the Bears in Lambeau Field. So the season isn't over by any means, and I'm excited to see what happens at the end of this year, and I'm excited to see how Jordan Love continues to grow because we saw a lot of growth the last two the last two games, and I am very, very excited to see what this offense can do as Jordan Love continues to grow and as this offense continues to grow. Jane Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, all these guys. Tucker Craft got involved. You know, they're starting to play better. As a whole, this whole offense is starting to play better. Specifically, Jordan Love and these pass catchers are playing better, being in the right spots, running the right routes, seeing the adjustments the same way, starting to play as a unit and not really just like separate entities, which it felt like it was at the beginning of the year. I am very, very excited to see what this team can look like in the next few weeks. And even with tough opponents, let's play them tough. Even if you lose the next two games, your season's not over if you lose the next two games. But it is important to look good and, and compete in those games and, and feel like you have a chance because this team does offensively have a chance because, you know, the Chiefs defense have been, has been really good this year. <laughs> um, but I think you can hang with them because the offense hasn't been as great this year. So just something to look out for. Um, and like I said, at the end of the year, we'll look and see, compare, contrast. Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan Love, this offense – this year versus last, all that kind of stuff. I can't wait to see the rest of the season. I am very excited. They're starting to show a little progress, a little promise offensively with these young skill players. They are back, and I'm very, very excited. Um, and make sure you watch Thanksgiving Day. I will be back sometime. I'm not exactly sure. I got a really busy weekend with Thanksgiving and work and all that kind of stuff, so I'll be back when I can. Um, but until then, and as always, Go Pack Go!